Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your current one, Rocket Mortgage can help get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. All right, uh, we've got a golf tournament that's going to finish up tomorrow. They've been playing pretty well this weekend, and then an even bigger one next weekend with the second major of the year. Here to give us our uh, favorite golf update. He's the best in the business when it comes to breaking it down and explaining it. He does it for the Golf Channel and on his own syndicated show, Fairways of Life, our buddy Matt Adams. How you doing, M.A.? I'm okay, Jody Mack. How about you? Good. Uh, know the scores are low. Give me the weather report from down there in Texas. How hot has it been? We know the scorecards are hot. How's the weather? Yeah, but one's tied to the other because it's been in the mid-90s. It has been breezy the first couple of days. But, you know, this is a modern golf course. It's got larger greens so that uh, the pins are accessible and you bring the best in the world in. And then it heats up to the mid-90s. It means the ball is going to carry farther. Uh, the greens, like I said, are receptive, so they've been able to roll a lot of great putts because they're in beautiful condition. Combination is last year, uh, KH Lee won at 25 under par through three rounds. Sebastian Munoz leads at 21 under par. And last year was a record scoring year. I think it's going to go even lower this year. Yeah, could see a new all-time record. And I saw Jordan Speed, who presently sits at second. That's his home course down there in the Lone Star State, say he thought he would thought that they would try and toughen it up this year. That has not been evidenced by the scores. Impossible as the course is what it is. Could they have made it tougher or is oh, this they could the way? Make, yeah, they could always make it tougher. Like, you know, today the the 17th hole was playing from 123 and they can stretch that back to 147. And that's the shortest of the, the par threes. The other three are well in excess of 200 yards. They could have stuck the pins a little bit more, but you know, I like it, it to me. I look at it like NHL hockey. You know, when you go in the playoffs back in the day, you'd see scores of one zero and that was playoff hockey. That's the way it went where, you know, a regular game, you might have four to three or six to five. Uh, this year's a bit of an anomaly because they're scoring so high, but I feel the same way about week in and week out. These are the best players in the world. Do a fair job setting it up. Don't do something stupid. That's unfair. It takes away the ability to hit a shot or be rewarded for a shot that you struck. And whatever they shoot, they shoot. It really doesn't matter because they're so good. There is no relative way to judge against the rest of the world. So Munoz is 21 under. Jordan Spieth is one shot back at 20 under. And if it goes to whatever, 30 on tomorrow, that's what it does. Now, next week, when you're talking about a major at the PGA Championship at Southern Hills, 
That won't happen. They might be six or eight under when it's all said and done on those golf courses. And that's okay. Different week, different course is what it is. Understood. Um, But you talk about going low. Munoz, who leads at 21, shot a 60. How close was he getting into the 50s in round number one? Well, in 18, his final hole of the day was a par five. And he had it hole high. This is round one. He had it hole high in two, but he was 38 yards from the flagstick. So he had a good shot, you know, from there. But he would have had to hole it for the 59. But that's how close (laughs) he came. Now, here's the thing. With that round of 60, he had a bogey on his scorecard. So it it was just great score. Damn. uh, It's nice when you can tap in for a 60. (laughs) That's exactly what he did in round number one. Came back, shot at 69, but then comes back with 66 today. So he does sit atop the leaderboard at minus 21. And the homeboy, Jordan Spieth, as he said on his home courts, thought it might be a little tougher, just one stroke out. Is he the prohibitive favorite going into tomorrow with his knowledge of the course? I Well, no. I think if you you judge it in terms of hearts and minds, but at this point, they all have intimate knowledge of the golf course. This is the second year we've been on TPC Craig Ranch. So there's, there's no advantage to him in terms of what he knows that the others don't. The advantage is, is that the winds are down markedly from what they were when the tournament started, it's going to be warm again. So once again, no matter what happens, it's going to be a birdie fest out there. I think Jordan Spieth is the favorite just because he's Jordan Spieth, but Sebastian Munoz is playing great. James Hahn had a 61 today. He's three shots back. There's a lot of good scores that are still lurking out there. All right, Justin Thomas just threw you off as well. It's a pretty good leaderboard, including the defending master champion, Scott Scheffler, who has not played since the Masters and said, I'll use this one as my warm-up. Uh, five strokes back might be tough to win, but he's going to finish top 10 for sure. Is this a good prep for him and all the others who are heading to Southern Hills next week? Well, when you look at Scotty Scheffler, his best round of the three was today, so you can certainly say he's trending in the right direction because he had a 65 today. He had a triple bogey on his card yesterday and still shot a 68. So could there have been a little bit of rust there? Absolutely, there could be a little bit of rust there. But what's different about Scotty Scheffler, I believe, is the way that he's wired. Uh, I've always believed, you know, we, we like to look at athletes and say that the best of the best somehow are tougher than everybody else. And with all due respect to everybody else and, and them, I don't believe it. You know, no matter what the sport is, we, we look we look at the great heroes and we say that there's there's something different about them. I believe it's natural. I believe it's how their brain is wired. I believe it's how they're influenced by pressure. And Scotty Scheffler, even before he broke through and has gone on a tear and won multiple times, including the Masters and now number one in the world, he would never shrink from the biggest stages. If you looked on him at the biggest events, even when he was literally a nobody, you're like, who is this guy? What he's doing? So I've always had this suspicion that true ability to handle pressure comes from within. And you are either born with it or you're not. Again, I'm saying that, Jody Mack, because you and I both know athletes that are the toughest human beings we've ever seen that have failed at the moment when they needed to either cross a line to triumph or forever be remembered for what they didn't do. And I just don't believe that those people weren't as mentally tough as the people who succeeded. Those people who are mentally tough just have a natural gift. They have something different than everybody else. I think Scotty Scheffler has that.
Fair enough. All right. So he's going to go in uh, no matter what he does yesterday, tomorrow, unless he blows up and shoots an 80, which on that course is virtually impossible. Um, chances are he's going to be the favorite going into the PGA next week. So you're telling me he's got the mental makeup. When he won the Masters, he wasn't the favorite. He was one of the favorites, but he wasn't mm-hmm. the number one favorite. He'll be the number one favorite next week. You think he's got the mental makeup to just laugh at that? Uh, yeah, from the standpoint of, of it being pressure to him. Pressurized, yes. I don't think it makes yeah, I don't think it makes any difference to him at all. I asked him after he won the Masters, you know, how did this change your life? How does it change your self uh, image? How does it change your perception? And he said it didn't change anything. He's just going on doing what he's doing. He's just he's just one of those guys. He's just not impacted on it. He doesn't care that you and I are talking about his prospects tonight on CBS Sports Radio. It just doesn't impact him the way it does other human beings. The weight of expectation. He's a really unique athlete. And again, if you look at him in terms of who those athletes are, the ones that are not influenced by pressure, the all-time greats, I suppose you could go back to someone like a Walter Hagen, uh, not so much Bobby Jones, because he was influenced by pressure and expectation. That's why he retired at 28, because of the toll that it took on him physically. Uh, Ben Hogan was very good at handling it. Uh, uh, Arnold Palmer was excellent. Probably nobody was better than Jack Nicklaus. The only one you could have an argument with would be Tiger Woods. And those two are the top two in terms of of how you would analyze that. I think Scotty Scheffler is a really, really unique athlete. If you start to get down into now, okay, does Scheffler have the game to compare relative to his competitors at the time that Nicklaus had during his era, Tiger had during his era, if it's done, maybe not. I mean, that could be a difference, and that's a legitimate conversation to have in terms of overall skills, how his swing can hold up in the long haul and his execution of shots. But he's good enough right now that he should be the favorite of the PGA Championship, and he darn well very could win it. One other name I'd add to that list of guys who handled the pressure probably be the guy who they are playing the tournament named after this week. I'm a wee bit young, as I know you are too, to remember and be able to say, saw Byron Nelson rip off 11 in a row. When you get to five in a row, you start to feel the pressure. When you get to 10, you start. He, he ripped off 11 in a row. So without ever having yeah, him see, see him play, I put year, him in that mix. In, in fairness, in that year, he won 18 tournaments. Critics will say that it was because it was the end of the Second World War and the fields weren't filled out because so many players were serving. He couldn't serve in the Second World War, Byron Nelson. He was what his fellow players called him a bleeder. In other words, that his, his blood didn't coagulate enough to stop bleeding fast enough so he couldn't go and serve, so he was continuing to play. There were many, about, in fact, Bob Golby, who just passed away recently and played golf with and against uh, Byron Nelson told me that when the guys came back from serving in the Second World War, they gave them a hard time, including the cold shoulder. And a year after that, uh, Byron Nelson was off the tour, uh, one of the most talented, uh, dominating players of all time. So it's one of those stories that's buried within the story that you don't realize about Byron Nelson. Well, the tournament named after him this week, and somebody's going to go low as Byron did a lot of those times, winning those 11 straight tournaments. All right, next week uh, in Oklahoma, give us the rundown on Southern Hills. Uh, Good weather again, going to be hot in Oklahoma. It's going to be a PGA course, which will be a little tougher than this week's course. How does Southern Hills play for a PGA spot? Uh, Southern Hills has hosted more PGA championships than any other golf course. They hosted there in 1970, 1982, 1994, 
2007 and now 2022. It is a true championship caliber golf course. It's also hosted other majors, eight in total. Uh, it underwent a major renovation in the last couple of years. So all told, you've got a golf course that has the pedigree. You've got a golf course that understands what it's like to host an event of this stature. It's uh, set up by a guy named uh, uh, Kerry Haig at the PGA of America, who is one of the best in the business at what he does. And he doesn't set it up with any preconceived notion. This is not a U.S. Open setup where uh, there's an effort made, uh, spoken or unspoken, that the scores stay somewhere around even par. He sets it up fairly, but it is tough because that's how they pick these venues. Uh, so again, I would see it somewhere being like six to eight under par when it's all said and done. But everything about this golf course is pure on. It's got plenty of length to it, almost 7,500 yards. Uh, the two par six, par fives are over 600 plus yards. Uh, there's a couple of par fours that approach 500 plus yards. I mean, it's got it's got whatever you're looking for in terms of identifying the best player overall. It's going to be able to do it, and the greens are relatively small, which makes it even more challenging. I would have guessed Oakmont as the most often played PGA Tour, but uh, you know better than me. So Southern no, Hills PGA, it is. Well, PGA Championship, the Oakmont has more uh, U.S. Open. U.S. Open. USGA okay. events. Yeah. I, I'm getting the uh, two, uh, two of the four masters confused. That's my bad. We're talking to our buddy Matt Adams from the Golf Channel and his syndicated show, Fairy Ways of Life, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right. The defending champ will not be there to defend his championship that would be Phil Mickelson. Uh, Phil has not played. He has backed out of all of his tournaments since he had uh, the, uh, let's say, tete-a-tete with the PGA talking about potentially moving to the uh, other tour, which hasn't gotten underway just yet. It's just been one big uh, mess for Phil, a lot of the other golfers, the PGA. Are we ever going to see Phil, Phil on a PGA course again? I think so. The, the concern that I have right now is I, I fully thought Phil was going to come back. Uh, oldest major champion ever. Broke Julius Boro's record at 48 years old in 1968. Phil did it at 50 year old, years old. Phil will be 52 next month. I fully expected that Phil would be back. What was odd, in fact, the last time you and I spoke, uh, Jody Mack, was the fact that when he wrote his letter of apology, Right. and said, I need to get away. I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, the last 10 years, things have been affecting me more, and I'm not the person that I think I should be, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there was a lot of people inside the game that I know, and they rolled their eyes. They said, ah, that's Phil. He's, he's, he's a master at damage control, and he's going to get himself out of the limelight. He's going to duck low and let, let everything fly over his head for a while. And then he'll reemerge triumphantly at the PGA Championship because, honestly, what Phil did, while, it, yeah, it was a revelation of character, and, yes, what he said was appalling. However, Phil did not conceive the notion of live golf and going to the Saudis and having them back it so that they could change their image instead of people seeing it for what it is in horrendous terms of, of human rights. So, you know, what Phil did was bad because Phil revealed himself as being something other than the person that everybody thought that he was. Uh, I wouldn't say that he revealed himself as being different than those inside of the game. Uh, many of them thought and knew that he was. But at the same time, the reaction, I think, was out of balance with the sin 
the crime was not consummate with that. Yet, he chose to step aside. He chose to, to get out. And again, most thought that he was doing it just to avoid the slings and arrows at the time and place. This changes that. This is the first decision, not the Masters, but this one because he is a defending champion. This Because at the Masters, you still always had the whispers in the hallway that said, well, you know what, maybe they asked Phil not to show up because they didn't want the circus. The Masters controls everything they do, and they have every right to do that. It's, it's their show, it's their bat, it's their ball. But in this case, he is the defending champion, and what he did was historic. And for him to not show up, that tells me there's something more going on here. Now, uh, and, and I don't have the intention of, of, of uh, tethering these two together, but the news just came out this week about more revelations from Alan Shipnuck's book, and that is the investigations that were done between 2010 and 2014 when Phil supposedly lost $40 million gambling. Is there something to all that? Is all of this connected? Is Phil off trying to get help for whatever he was referring to in his own letter when he said he wants to work on being the person that he feels that he should be, again, paraphrasing that, that phrase. We don't really know, but I do believe that something more is happening than Phil simply trying to avoid the criticism in the media circus. And Ship Nuck's book is supposed to be out right before the start of the PGA, right? Yeah, his book is coming out soon. I don't actually remember the exact publication. I know he's doing a ton of media on it right now, but it's soon. Yeah, I think it's next week, as a matter of fact, which uh, from a very business-like standpoint, if you're going to put out a book about the PGA champion, the 50-year-old PGA champion, you want it to come out on PGA week, only he's not going to be playing, which is a major story unto itself. Uh, One guy who is going to be playing is Tiger Woods. He, like most of these other guys, uh, took time off after the Masters, a lot of them playing this week for the first time, including the champion, Scheffler. Tiger has not played. I'm sure he's played a lot on his own, but he's not played in the tournament after he played in the master, just the fact that he made the cut and made it through all four rounds. Most people considered that a major victory for him. He did struggle on Saturday and Sunday. Looked like the tank was starting to run a little low, but uh, as of now, he is still listed as playing. Will we not know if he is or isn't going to go till uh, Tuesday and see if he does show up? You know, I suppose that that could be the case, Jody Mac. I hadn't really thought about it because in my mind, uh, I felt like he's going to be there. He went up there and he had the practice round. We know that he wants to compete. We know that he's looking at a model like Ben Hogan that after his horrendous car accident, you know, they look at uh, 1953, Ben Hogan played in six events. He won five of them and three of them were majors. So Tiger already showed us when he came out at the Masters too uh, that he's capable of coming out and shooting good scores if, if the body and mind hold up. Sure, he had those matching 78s on Saturday and Sunday, but that's a very hilly golf course. It was his first one back. So presumably he's working on all those things that he has been, which the rush usually shows in the short game, little chip shot, pitch shots, uh, you know, putting, et cetera. And Tiger's been strong in that area. He knows how to hit the golf ball. So I think Tiger is going to play. I don't think it's a question of, of waiting for a last minute revelation. I think Tiger's going to be there. And I think, I think Tiger's ready to go. And I think, Everyone that's a fan of the game hopes that he plays as well as he's absolutely capable of, and we all sit back and, and once again are thankful that we can watch him play after his car accident. Good to hear and agreed. Southern Hills, significantly less hilly than uh, yes. Augusta, 
as yes. that should make it easier on him. So uh, we'll see how well he can put up. All right. Um, you sung the praises pretty darn uh, high on Scotty Scheffler and his chances, and you think he's up to any and all challenges. So I won't make you pick against him for the Masters, uh, excuse me, for the PGA. But if so, who's got the best chance? Who's his, who's his toughest competition going into next weekend? You know, it's funny because there's so many people that you can choose from that is tough competition. I mean, uh, I have a funny feeling that Tony Finau is going to play well at this one. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. But, but, that, but that name is ringing in my mind. Uh, I do think that Jordan Spieth, even if Jordan doesn't get it done Tomorrow, I think the fact that Jordan Spieth has won recently and he's showing good form again, and he seems to stop playing golf swing and start to react to target in major championships. So I think that he is one to keep an eye on. I think young Sam Burns is one to keep an eye on. I look at someone like a, a, a young player that you may not have heard of named Davis Riley, where I think there's a potential for someone playing well there. Max Homa just won, and he is in very good form. So there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of young players that I think we have to watch very closely, and that says nothing for the, the Rory McIlroy, who feels like he's in the best form that he's been going to a PGA championship in years, and Justin Thomas, who's starting to strike the ball well. So all of it is churning together such that we have so many good players playing great golf right now that this could easily, I mean, every major is historic, right? But it could be, from a competitive standpoint, incredibly entertaining. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Max Homa because I was going to specifically ask about him. Let me ask about one more, and that would be Xander Schauffele, who uh, you mentioned the fact that uh, the guys have been playing better, uh, except for your leader, as the uh, Schefflers picked it up each and every single day. Schauffele shot a 72, came back with a 67, shot 65 today. So he, too, is trending in the right direction. Is he a factor next week in the PGA? You know, he always is, but it's, it's getting to a point where at some point we're all going to say, you know what, Xander Shoffley is not performing to the level that his promise and talent had us all believing that he was going to do. It's still possible to go the other direction. He could go on a tear. Yes, he won the gold medal at the Olympics. All of that was great. But he needs to really step up and break through in big events, including at the majors. So I'm not as high on Xander Shoffley as I am as all those other players that I mentioned, do I believe he's capable of it? I absolutely believe he's capable of it. But in my mind, it's gotten to a point where he's got to prove it. He's got to go out there and do it. Fair enough. As always, Matt Adams, you bring intelligence and information when you join us. Thank you much for doing it tonight. Uh, Enjoy the uh, final round tomorrow, and then uh, good luck at the PGA next week. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. My pleasure. Check out his own syndicated show on uh, any of your better out where you get your better podcast. Uh, the Fairways of Life, as good a golf talk show as you're going to find, and you can see him on the Golf Channel. Matt Adams from uh, the Golf Channel here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Jody Mack coming back. Got time to get your calls in. We put golf into the mix with the hoops, the hockey, and the football. We've already been talking. Hit us up, 855-212-4CBS. Catch you on CBS Sports Radio with the Mac Man. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.